Between our business and our clients, we did just shy of $10 million worth of additional revenue with $0 in ad spend. So what you need to do is figure out the thing that you're best at, right? If you're best at making those runs and scoring those touchdowns, don't try and play quarterback to attract the things into your life that you want, whether that's money, job, career, love, happiness, friendship. You have to be prepared to let the old stuff go. Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Is That So? I am excited today. I'm excited to have a brother on here who's well experienced in the podcast industry. He knows how to get people to number one. He's coming on and this man is, his website is www.billionairesinboxers.com. So A, he's going to have to explain to me how he came up with that. B, I need to understand how this man got on Business Insider, Yahoo News, Finance, Forbes, BBC, The FT, Africa, The Times, RTE, Virgin Media, Campaign Asia, Korea Tech Live, SABC, DSTV, Fox, Sky, SABC, CNBC, Times Now, Euro. I don't know. He about to get up in here and talk to us about how he turns people, or rather people's passions, specifically for podcasts, how they make them to turn them into number one, number one podcast. I'm inviting my guest on. So, this man has done a lot. That's my intro. And now I'm bringing him on. Welcome, Phil Pelucha, to the Is That So Show. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's giving me a lot of fun, man. It's giving me... Well, listen, just even the first few minutes of what you were saying, I was like, oh, I have answers for days. We're going to go full Joe Rogan with this thing. So I'm a Phil Pelucha, founder and CEO of a business called Billionaires in Boxes, and I'm sure we'll get onto where that name came from shortly. There are three main areas to our business. There's a business broadcast network that works with 15 different satellite television networks globally, producing around 250 to 300 hours worth of business TV content per month. And that's elevating a lot of businesses, particularly across the emerging markets. There is an investment and fundraising part of our business that works with uh, businesses who are currently private, who are looking to go public, and they're looking to generate funds to be able to do that. So we're typically playing in the realm of you know, 10, 50, $100 million plus in terms of additional sales and revenue, which is a lot of fun. Our fastest one was $365 million in the space of six months. That one I was particularly pleased with. And then our other side of our business, because I'm still very passionate about it, is our micro business and solopreneurs. It's working with coaches and people who are ready to become that authority, that influence. It's showing them how they can get off that cash flow roller coaster by introducing these things. And, and it came about because when I left the corporate world, I had no idea how to win clients, none. But I'd previously grown and sold two sports podcasting networks. I knew just how powerful this was as a VIP backstage networking pass. I was getting Ch Champions League tickets, Super Bowl tickets. I was getting World Cup tickets. I was getting to meet players and managers that you know I dreamed of meeting and should never have had the opportunity to if it wasn't for the podcast. And I started to wonder, I wonder if I can use this for business. So fast forward to where we are today. I've grown and sold two professional services agencies using podcasting. For the past six years, we've been teaching hundreds of other people how to do that with a 100% success record. And for the past three years, we've been ranked number one in the world for that exact skill. So podcasting well and truly changed all of our lives. Did you say number one in the world 
Number one in the world for the past three years in a row. All right. Let me enter in with this one, because right? you've been having this conversation about advertising and getting yourself out there and, and using it to grow and reach more people and your vibe attracts your tribe and all this kind of beautiful stuff, right? Vibe attracts your tribe, I must say, at least 10 times a day. It's kind of like the, the core that runs through our business, right? But I also want to stress this, because if you want to dive into this, we can. But during the pandemic, there are two stats that I'm most proud of, other than the fact that I got sick with pneumonia for six months, which wasn't great. That wasn't fun. But the two stats that I'm most proud of are between our business and our clients, we did just shy of $10 million worth of additional revenue with $0 in ad spend. $10 million worth of additional revenue with $0 in ad spend. Okay. All right. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me. Right. We also, wait for this, we also did $365 million worth of investment and fundraising with $0 in odd spend. <laughs> we use podcasting and new media. We use strategic alliances. You know, you want to know the fastest way to grow your podcast and get to number one? It's appear on, as a guest on other people's podcasts that already have that, that audience. Add as much value as possible and your vibe will attract your tribe. That's how we got to half a million subscribers and downloads. That's how we get to millions of people watching our TV show. We're about to release our third season of our TV show. Every single piece of this was done because we appear on other people's shows. We had tremendous amounts of value. People stick around, listen, and go, ooh, I like what this guy's got to say, and he's got his own podcast, and he's interviewing really cool people. I'm going to go stick around and engage with that person. Come on, man. But why? Okay, so let me make it personal. Mm-hmm. Why would, oh, maybe this goes into my first question here, which is how can I and others use media to gain more market share and media coverage? But how can little old me, you know, this little Southern boy from Louisiana, you know, how can little old me, why would anybody, you know, accept me on their show if they have like all of these followers? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're looking for like Oprah and Will Smith and them, you know, I'm not, I'm not Oprah or Will Smith. Why would they have little old me? So here's the answer. The power of podcasting is a new media in general and social media in general. The power of podcasting is not in the audience. That's what everybody thinks it is, but it's not. The power of podcasting is by having a VIP backstage pass to network with whoever you want to network with within that industry. So if you now start to think of this as a networking tool that you can speak to anybody you want to, you can be mentored for free by anybody that you want to work with and not have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars because they're going to have that one-on-one -on -one time with you on a podcast. You're going to create strategic alliances with people that I call NCPs, non-competitive partnerships. Who works with the same target audience that you do that doesn't deliver the same service or product? How can you elevate each other's businesses and make introductions for each other? You know, so when you start to think of it this way, and customers, I mean, customers is, is a great one. If you want to, if you're in the world of business and you need to meet people to win customers, you know, getting booked on keynote speaking gigs, summits, events, exhibitions, meeting people one on one, speaking to professional services bodies, everybody's out there already. They're not sat at home with blinkers on just waiting for you to talk. They're already looking at something. They're already watching. They're already trying to learn and improve their lives. So instead of trying to put your stand up in the middle of like the mall and shout and say, hey, everyone, come to my store, go and put your store smack bang in the middle of where they're already looking. Aha. Okay. So I'm taking notes now, brother, because I'm, I'm learning. So NCP, what does that stand for? Non-competitive partnerships. The way I describe it is they'd work with the same target audience that you do, but don't deliver the same service or product. So in my world, for example, that's a lot of executive coaches. That's a lot of people who work in the investment communities. So private equities, M&As in family offices, you know, VCs, 
who influences the influences in a business, the people mm -hmm. giving them the money, right? So that's who works, who my non-competitive partnerships are. I can introduce companies that are looking to fundraise to funds that I know and trust. They can introduce businesses that they're giving money to, to say, he can get you to number one. He can get you that media attention that you need, go and work with him. And as a result, we're all elevating each other. And a great example of this, so if anybody's ever done a keynote speech, will know this, right? The very first time that you're booked as a speaker at an exhibition, the very next question every single time that you are asked is, who else do you know that I should speak to? Because we're still looking for speakers, exhibitors, sponsors, workshops, hosts, right? So if you've got a team of people, and I say business is a team sport, right? And the problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have is we try and wear too many hats. So what you need to do is figure out the thing that you're best at, right? If you're best at making those runs and scoring those touchdowns, don't try and play quarterback. Go and part yourself, partner yourself with a quarterback that's going to pick you out every single time you make that run. To use a soccer analogy, if you're great at scoring goals, stop going back and defending. You're no use back there. Go and partner with people who are going to defend, get the ball back and send it upfield so that you can score the goal. That's how you need to start looking at business. And if you do it in that way and you start looking at Who's speaking at the events that I want to speak at? Who's working with the people that I want to work with? Podcasting is a great example of this because in the world of business, it's all very competitive, right? It's all very like, I'm not telling you my secret, even though it's the same secret that you've got because we all need to be really protective of our stuff. In the world of podcasting, that doesn't exist, right? You don't have the whole, you know, Apple versus Microsoft thing going on. Most people won't just listen to one podcast in a sector or a genre. They'll listen to multiple podcasts. So one of the best ways to elevate yourself is to partner with other people in that genre and in that space, and you elevate each other's content, you cross-promote, you introduce guests, you meet somebody great, you introduce them to them, you meet somebody awful, you warn them, hey, that dude was terrible, don't interview them. Help each other, avoid the banana skins, and climb that ladder much faster. Okay, brother. So is this is that the response to this one? How oh, can I and others use media to gain more market share well, or media coverage? Look, what I want to say is there's three. I talk about the three P's, and I'll add this in here, right? Because I think it's important. Most people, when they're doing interviews or guest appearing, mainly guest appearing, it works for your own show as well. So we'll talk about that later. But most people will start off podcasting by guest appearing, right? They won't start their own show. They'll go and appear on somebody else's. And I speak to people that have done hundreds of hours of interviews and they're like, oh, you know, it did some stuff for me. I got some leads. I got that speaking gig, but like it doesn't really do a lot for me. So I get to the point where it's like, is it worth investing the time into a conversation if it's not producing me any money or helping my business grow? And it always comes down to this. They're not speaking with their three P's. The three P's are purchaser, partner, promoter. Purchase is pretty obvious. Are they going to become a customer? Partner, are they an NCP? Can they introduce me to more of my ideal customers? Promoter, do they have a stage, a podcast, television show, radio show, Facebook group that can introduce me to more of the first two? If the answer is no to all three of those questions, don't do the interview. That's how people can invest so much of their time on interviews that never seem to go anywhere. It's like, why did you do that interview? Oh, well, they invited me and I felt flattered. It's like, what? That makes no sense. Like time is your most valuable commodity and you're just going to give it away. Like you wouldn't spend $50,000 on Facebook ads without a strategy. So why would you start podcasting without a strategy when time is so much more valuable than money? Mm. Oh, this is good. So purchaser, tell me what the purchaser does again. So purchaser, partner or promoter purchases a customer. 
are they going to buy your stuff? Are they going to work with you? So a great example in my world, for example, we have three different levels of our business. We work with investment, medium-sized organizations, and our micro-businesses where we teach coaches and small businesses how to do this. I would say the place that I spend most of my time outside of the investment and TV stuff is that agency world, right? It's kind of 50 to 200 employees for a business that's looking to try and do the whole David versus Goliath. They're trying to fight the big guys that employ 10,000 people a pop. And they're like, how on earth are we going to do that, right? And media is the way to do that because big wheels turn slowly. Those big companies, they're not agile. They're not personable. They're not approachable. They're not known. You don't like them. People by people, right? So if you can get yourself out there and go and do that, that's really going to help you. So it's a phenomenal business development tool. It can be repurposed for all of your marketing. Like you literally don't need to do any more marketing if you just repurpose your podcast interviews properly. Right. So one of the things that I do in my world is I will do interviews with agency owners who I know are already doing a couple of hundred thousand a year, but they want to be getting millions, maybe even into the tens of millions realm. I'm going to do an interview with them on a podcast. And if I resonate with them, only if I resonate with them, important distinction, at the end, I'm going to say, let's facilitate another conversation to see how I can help you get to that stage, because I'm very selective over who we work with. But each of those deals are worth. $30,000, a pop. Mm. So if I just do one of those types of deals every month, that's an extra 50K in my back pocket and in the back pocket of the business by meeting people on podcasts. So if you have a high-ticket service and you're thinking, how do I get more meetings? How do I get past the gatekeepers? How do I get in front of people? See this little thing right here? This little podcast mic? Yeah. There's your ticket. Sir, sir. I will definitely be keeping in touch. I know we have we have way more to talk about, but I will definitely be in keeping in touch with you because clearly I'm doing it all wrong. You know, I'm <laughs> out here just being authentic, thinking that, you know, my tribe eventually will find me. But apparently I got to strategically place myself in some positions uh, in some places as well. And I see purchaser customer will will they buy my stuff, which then for those of us who are or for those of all who may be taking some notes, make sure you have product, no product, no purchase. Right. hundred percent. All yeah, right. Yeah. And then partner. So collaborate with other people who can introduce you, who have larger crowds and mm -hmm. who may be able to introduce you to those crowds. Not even necessarily larger crowds, but crowds. Of, I mean, look, you only need to know 10 people that know 100 people each and you've already deep built up a decent tribe. I mean, you kind of mentioned something earlier. I would rather be famous for 500 of the right people than 2 million of the wrong people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, we got that one in promoter. What does the promoter do again? So the promoter can introduce you to more of the first two. So do they have a stage, a summit, a platform, Facebook group, podcast, television show, radio show, whatever. Do they have an ability to put you on a stage and introduce you to more of the first two? Brother, I love this because I'm putting on my head and I'm writing a lot. I mean, I know those of, those of us, like I, I do about roughly 15 minute edit to put on YouTube of the broadcast like this. No worries if you mess up, we just edit it out. But no, this, the whole episode is going to be on my uh, podcasting platform, on my website, on Apple, on Stitcher, stuff like that. I'll say for those of y'all who cannot see us and see me in particular, I've been having my head down this particular episode more than ever because I'm literally taking notes. And I know y'all y'all can't see I can't see my scribble scratch because this is going on a podcast. But for those of y'all who watch the 15 minute, like, you know, buy in trailer there, just know that, yeah, I wouldn't write down something that I thought was like he said, time is money. And right now it's 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 very it, it has been dire in the past for me in both of those areas. But again, 
I affirm my reality, so I say I am not broke, but I am overcoming a financial situation. Thank you, Les Brown. But anyway, <laughs> sir, please continue. Please continue. Tell me more. Tell us more. And I have another question for you, unless, you know. Sure. Hit me with it. Okay. All right. So my next question is, how can I and others identify and attract the right investment for our projects? Yeah, I like that. Look, investment is is just like trying to recruit somebody, right? You want to have the right person. It has to vibe. It has to gel. This isn't just a financial transaction because there's a big difference between an investor who's going to throw a million dollars at your project and nothing else and an investor who's going to throw a million dollars at your product or service and has a lot of introductions and people that they can introduce you to. They're going to champion your cause. They're going to want to be involved in the conversation. They keep vibrations and spirits high. You know, the, these are, what you're looking for here is the kind of person that when you speak to them, you bounce off each other. And like every time, I mean, I, I must have at least six or seven of these guys in my life and girls for that matter, that every time we have a conversation, it's like bang, 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 bang. It's like a tennis match of, oh, we could do this. Oh, if we do that, then we can plug this in. Or, and before you know, you get off the call and you're five to 10 steps further, closer to what you were trying to do. And you've the, the energy is so high. Like you're so pumped after those conversations. In fact, between you and I, I can't have those. Co- I work US time, even though I'm in the UK. And I mm. cannot have those conversations any later than 10 o'clock at night because I don't sleep. I'm too <laughs> pumped up. I'm too wired. I like cannot sleep. So as a rule, it's like, Phil, can we have a chat at 11 about this thing? It's like, no, we can't. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to sacrifice sleep again. And I'm, I'm okay, <laughs> but the next day I'm like a zombie, right? Yeah, so yeah. the whole your vibe attracts your tribe thing appeals to every aspect of your life. It appeals to your friendship group. You know, mm-hmm. it appeals to your investors. It appeals to your customers. It appeals to the people that you employ to work with you. It appeals to your partners, right? You mm-hmm. have to learn to trust that thing inside that intrinsic gut action and gut reaction. And here's an example that we've we've all kind of experienced, right? And I'll give you a good and a bad. So we have all experienced working with a customer that we really wish we hadn't bothered. Every single one of us. And when we think about that customer, particularly at the time when we realize it's all gone belly up and it's painful, it's not just painful because it sucks. It's painful because we go, oh, I knew that was going to happen. I knew. Well, if you knew it was going to happen, why did you do it? And the answer is you needed the money. Let's call a spade a spade. You needed the money. You needed to pay bills. That person was offering you money. You went, ah, they're not my favorite person, but you know, five grand's five grand. I'm just going to do the deal. Right. And you take the money and off you go. And then you instantly wish that you hadn't bothered because it's always the ones that you do that for. You do a massive discount. You go above and beyond. You change your process for that ends up being a pain in the backside. And the reason is they don't love and value you because they're making you change you to fit them, which means that that's not your kind of person. So if you trusted your gut instinct and was like, this isn't vibing and you trust yourself enough and trust whether it's God, universe, spirit, yourself, I don't care what it is you're putting that trust into. But if you have enough faith and belief that even if you're flat broke at that moment, saying no to that deal is still in your best interest, life will reward you with the rewards that you deserve. Mm. If you keep saying yes to the wrong opportunities, life recognizes and goes, oh, he'll just do any old Let's just keep giving him this. Mm. So mm. be really careful because the intention that you put out there is what it is that you're going to get back. Come on the, now. the positive example of this is we've all met somebody and let's use the example of a friend of a friend because we've all had this scenario where you're going down to watch a sports game or something or you're going to a bar or a family wedding or whatever right and mm-hmm. somebody brings a friend a good friend of yours brings a friend with them that you've never met before 
how often do you instantly feel like you've known that person for years? You spend the whole <laughs> night laughing, drinking with them, talking. Like, this person is my kind of person. This girl's my kind of girl. This guy is awesome. I'm keeping in touch with this person. Why does that happen? It's because your vibe attracts your tribe. So the people within your tribe are attracting other people like them. Now flip that into a business sense. You know, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty good talking to you, brother. Yeah, likewise, man. I have to make sure I stay in contact with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that makes that makes sense because my friend group, the very small friend group I have, when they bring along another, I they that my that person is my friend for a reason, and they understand me, and so more than likely the vibe that they're on, they're attracting similar vibe, Correct. and so they bring in people without me having to go ahead do the whole history check and background check. They're bringing in people who's already on that frequency, you know, and when you have multiple people on the same frequency, there's no more giving. You don't lose. You give, but there's no losing in the sharing. You're merely sharing and you build each other up. Y'all share back and forth and you amplify each other. There is no losing when you meet when you're on somebody on the same frequency as you. And I just really really wanted to bring that point because I bring this up oftentimes in my practice, you know, when people talk about interpersonal relationships and why can't they or why am I not getting it? And I've been trying for so long. Well, if you go into a connection and you already know that it that the the frequency is not 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 on the same vibe, that y'all are unevenly yoked for some who need that phrasing, who understands that phrasing, y'all are y'all are just not a, y'all just not on the same page with things. And so what happens in that space, everything, energy seeks harmony. Cold, if you see cold, cold seeks to be a little bit warmer, right? Mm -hmm. Warm seeks to be cold. You see, whenever you add hot and cold together, you get lukewarm. So there's this balancing act that occurs, right? Mm -hmm. It happens. We are bodies of energy. And so when we get with someone who we may be hot and they may be cold, quite naturally, the experience is going to be lukewarm. Correct. Because they cannot reciprocate. There's no re reciprocity where the frequency, where there's no, where there's no even yokeness, there can be no reciprocity. When you are not on the same frequency with the people that you depend on, there's going to be very little reciprocity. If anything, it's going to be chaos and you want to expend more energy than necessary just trying to fix what isn't going according to plan based off of what you saw. Well, you just mentioned a really important word there. So I talk about law of reciprocity all the time. And the, the challenging part, with law, of, law of reciprocity is one of the greatest laws that you could ever implement into your life and into your business. The challenging part of law of reciprocity is, if you want to think of it this way, it's an advanced skill. And the reason it's an advanced skill is because if you don't trust your gut instinct to know who you should be in your tribe and who shouldn't, what ends up happening instead is you give, you give, and you give, and mm -hmm. they take, and they take, and they take, and you become cynical. Mm -hmm. You go, well, no one ever gives back to me. So why do I, why am I always there to help people and they're never there to help me? Because mm -hmm. they're the wrong people. I grabbed this magazine because you were speaking mm -hmm. about something and it was on psychotherapy, yep. uh, the psychotherapy, social worker, psychotherapy worker. So it says, who heals the healer? Yeah. Who heals the healer? And and when you were, I forget exactly how you were putting it, but it really touched my heart when you were talking about the fact that we we give so much. Mm -hmm. And then when there's no reciprocity, eventually you get burnt out. Yeah, you and then cynical. when you get burnt out, mm -hmm. the very people that you gave all that energy to that served as a catalyst to that burnout 
will abandon you. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. I mean, look, what, what you find is, I mean, and many people might find this at the minute, and you mentioned it about your friendship group before. At one stage, I imagine it was the same for you because it certainly was for me. I had quite a large friendship group. And then I went through some pretty difficult and challenging times and loads of, pardon the language, loads of the showed itself out. Like they were nowhere to be found. Like I needed their help at that moment and they were nowhere. But I had about five or six friends who were there for me every single step of the way. Like I'll give you an example. When I fell sick last year, I caught long COVID and I had like pneumonia for like six or seven months. It was, it was a really bad deal. And when I was at the worst of it, I was I, realistically, I should have been in hospital. I should have been in hospital on a drip, but because of what was going on with COVID, they had no beds and I didn't want to be there. So I was in bed and I don't think it's unreasonable to say, cause I, I don't like to exaggerate. There were times when I wondered whether I was dying. Like that's how bad I was feeling. Like I wondered whether I was getting pretty close to the end here. And it was only when I started to get better that I started to realize like everything had just carried on, like the business had carried on and like even stuff like in my house. And I was like, wait, I said to my wife, like I do all like the home shopping, like for the food and stuff is on my uh, account. Like I don't remember setting up one for this new supermarket because we had this thing from like a, a delivery had come from a new supermarket. So our foods, our cupboards were full of this food from this grocery place. Mm-hmm. And I said, where did that come from? And she said, oh, your friend Jonathan did an online shop for us and just sent us a monthly shop, right? Like he didn't ask. He, he didn't ask whether that's what we needed. He, he messaged to see if I was okay, and I didn't respond back because I was asleep. So he messaged my wife and said, is he okay? And she said, he's been in bed for a few days. He's sleeping like 15 hours a day. Like he's just trying to recover. And he said, no problem. And he sent over money to my wife's account without telling her and did a grocery shop and just sent it over. Oh. They're, they're the friends that you need in your life, right? And Come I'll, tell you, what I, I'll tell you what I did for him. Let me go tell you what ahead, I did for him ahead, when we ahead. came to the end of it. I, we and him, are, we love football, soccer. Both big Liverpool fans. We've traveled all around Europe together. So not only did we sort out tickets, I bought him a PlayStation 5 and FIFA 21 and sent it over to his house in Ireland so that we could play computer games together. <laughs> Right? that was my gift to him and he's like that's way too big a gift dude and i'm like no no it's not like because i can't tell you like it's not the monetary value it's not the monetary value i can't tell you how much it meant to me that in my hour of need you were there without me even asking like that means more to me than you will ever know and and that's the people that you need to start bringing and attracting into your life and the only way you can attract those people into your life is by being bold enough and brave enough to say goodbye to the people that aren't right for you. Oh, man, Phil, we're going to have, oh, man. All right, you and I will do another episode. I'm just letting you know, if you have time. Yeah, let's do it. Your friend, can you say his name for me, please? Yeah, his name's Jonathan Higgins. He's a a very good guy. He's my best friend. Jonathan Higgins from the Is That So Show. Let me tell you something, Jonathan. Even though I don't know your brother, I know that you're a kindred spirit based off of what your brother just said about you, you know? And so I applaud you because, you know, principled people and loving people, for some reason, we're like an endangered species out here. So people <laughs> that move in love and truth like that, look, I have all the love and, and, and respect for you, man, mad respect for you. And, and hopefully more people, we, we get to, begin to spread that energy so more people adopt that. There's not many people who have ever been there during my time in need to show me that they actually gave a damn. So as yeah, far as I'm concerned, as long as I can, if I had something for them, then I would call them up because I know they'll be way ready to receive. But as far as me in my time of need, I don't look for anybody to be there, you know? 
And that's and it's 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 sad that, in my opinion, it's disheartening that that mm. is the way that we are now in 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 our society. I want to stress the point that letting people go from your life is not easy because what what you'll quite often find it like these people could be family, you know. Like I'm not just talking about letting go of that relationship you have with the neighbor that you say hello to once a month. I'm talking about maybe cutting off a sister. Right? I'm talking mm. about if somebody isn't right for you not keeping them around just because of the title that was bestowed on them at birth. That could be a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a cousin. This could be anybody right, that's related to you, that's close to you, that's in your circle. It's not easy to let them go. One of the most painful ones for me, and, I, and I've never shared this on anything, but you've been very honest with me, so I'll do the same for you, is my godfather. My godfather mm. was there for me like more than my father was because I didn't know my father growing up. And my godfather was at every graduation, every school play, every event, every sports game. I played professional sports, used to travel around the world watching Mm. me. I then married a South African Indian Muslim, and he instantly had a problem with me because I'd married somebody outside of our faith. Mm. And as a Christian man, I found that really difficult to to have because he was somebody who is very involved in the church and, and, you know, it was always been teaching love and discipline and respect but that only applies to his own people. So what ended up happening was I tried for a long time to keep that relationship going. And one of the things that I realized was he wasn't really responding to my messages. We, we kind of came to that point in our relationship where we probably messaged each other every Christmas and new year. And that was it. And then there were a few times that I was messaging and I realized I'm going through some serious stuff in my life. And this guy has no idea about any of it because we haven't had a proper conversation for 18 months right? I haven't had a proper conversation for 18 months. And I'm thinking, that's not a relationship that I need to hold on to. What I'm holding on to right there is the memories of a relationship that was once good. Mm. And by, by letting, but what I realized is you can separate the two. I can let go of that relationship now because it no longer serves me and keep hold of all of the great memories that I love. And I keep warm in my heart from when I was younger and when we had a great relationship. The two aren't mutually exclusive you know they are they are intrinsically linked you can have both Mm. and by letting those people go from your life it makes room for other people like there are people that i've met in the last 18 months to two years that i know are going to be involved in my life for the rest of my life and i also a hundred percent like i'll give you i'll give him a shout out there's a guy called mel bibbins mel is uh, a guy from florida so again, somebody from the other side of the pond, right? Yeah. Bus- business owner from Sarasota, great guy in the MLM space, make money online. But one of the things he hates about that space is he's very ethical and moral and a lot of people in that space aren't. So he's constantly coming up against people that he doesn't agree with as people. We met at an event, fell in love with each other and said, we, the conversation literally went like this. How can we get involved in each other's businesses so that we can spend more time together? Uh, right? So let me tell you what's happening right now. I have been dealing with health. I've been dealing with appointments. I've been going back and forth to the doctors because I'm still recovering from this thing. During those times, despite the fact he's managing his own business, he will pick up sales calls for me on my behalf and have conversations with my customers to make sure that my business doesn't skip a beat. Can you please say his name, brother? Mel Bibbins. Mel Hold Bibbins. on a second. Respect to Mel Bibbins out there in Florida. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Agreed. Man. Yeah, yeah. We got to pay homage to the real ones out there. We got to pay homage to the real ones out because they, they they're few and far in between. I tell you that much. 
but when please find, continue. I'm sorry. When you find them, brother, it you know they they all start to resonate. Like Jonathan and Mel get on incredibly well. Like mm. it's like you said with your friendship group. Like you don't need to do the pre vetting because if somebody brings someone to the table and someone that you love and trust and you can say, listen, I resonate with this person. I think you'll like them. Nine point nine times out of ten, you're going to. Mm. Um, and that's really really special. But again, I really want to stress this point. If you don't have many of those people or any of those people in your life right now, there's one simple answer as to why that's happening. You're accepting the instead of letting them go. Mm. Release the. Let's say you've only got room for six good friends. Well, your current spots are being taken up by douchebags that don't deserve your love and attention. Get rid of them and replace them with somebody else. It's better to have nobody for a short period of time than six of the wrong people draining your energy. And notice that brother, the brother said wrong people draining energy. So basically the frequency is not on the same. So I'm going to say that I don't know if you, I don't know if you, you heard me speak on this before, but I just want to emphasize for those of y'all who are part of the fad declaring anybody that, that, you know, you are not friends with toxic fad. Understand this. I believe that this concept of toxicity is nonsense. I believe that it is a fad that must die immediately because I, there's nothing I can declare true for you and not declare that same thing true for me. We all can have toxicity inside of us. That doesn't make us toxic people, just like a flu. I don't become the flu because I have the flu. It's just in me. So we all have certain levels of toxicity within us. It's that some people, because of their pain and their unwillingness to, to do the work to heal, like any virus, it progresses. You're so right. I mean, it's like we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know what other people are carrying. We don't know what other baggage people have. And, and I think what you've just said is really profound as well. Like it's the people who are in that position that would potentially be called toxic that actually need your love the most. Like they're, they're, they're in that place. It's a reaction, right? That The way that they're behaving, which might suck, it might be really painful, it might burn you, right? But they're doing that because of a reaction. I truly believe that there's no such thing as an inherently bad person. There are only bad experiences. And what's sad mm. about that is when you continue to have bad experiences, you start to wonder whether you are just a bad experience. The thing that gets me about that is that time that when somebody's in that mindset and in that place, that's the time that they need love and support the most. And it's the time that society shuns them. And that Come on. The, that's the Speak hardest it. thing to accept. Speak it, Phil. Come on, man. Yes, it is. That's br brothers. Not many times that that this giant of a powerhouse that I am that I fall ill. But I notice I see I liken it to like being Bruce. Is it is it Bruce Banner? Yeah, yeah. I liken it to this. It's like when I when I'm not myself because of whatever it goes, you know, I'm not I'm not myself. I wake up out of that trance of turning into the Hulk and I look up now I can, I look at the damage and there's shame around the damage, but then there's something else I look at too. And that is how people treated me in that space, mm -hmm. how my so-called friends treated me in that space. And this is, is where I had to do the shadow work to get away from this belief that abandonment is always going to be the case for me. Because abandonment will always be the case for you if you continue to connect with people that you only give to and have no intention on never giving anything back to you. Because right. when you will fall ill and you can't give anymore, that's when they're going to do south. That's when they're going to show you who they truly are. So definitely align yourselves with people who are evenly yoked, people on the same frequency with you, so that one day you can wake up with groceries in your damn house without you ever asking for it. 
Mm-hmm. You get people in your life that are supplying your needs without you even telling them what your needs are. Like I said, there's only a handful of people that even know that I'm struggling with something that, you know, they're trying to assess whether I have cancer or not. And again, I don't know. That's not this, I'm not saying this or announcing this or saying I, because I've been dealing with this all this year. This is my first time yeah, saying yeah. it on air, you know. Well, I appreciate I'm you only, sharing. Huh? I appreciate you sharing it. I appreciate you being real because that's the only reason I'm being. Well, no, I would be real regardless. But I, when I'm around authentic people, this this, this comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't deem it important enough to tell many people. No. And and I very well could. You know, I mean. I but you know what down. that is. You know why that is, don't you? Because you recognize that for some people that you for the right. Let me word it this way: for the right people that you tell this to, that's a trigger for them to start reacting in a way that supports you. For to tell the wrong people that, that's an opportunity for them to push away or use it as something to hurt you. So by not sharing it with everybody and saying, right, here's the whole world, like here's what's going on. You know, because you don't want people giving you look. There's, there's the whole energy and karmic energy thing. You don't want people sending you negative vibrations when you're trying to get better. I only want to tell the people that I know are going to send me positive vibrations back because that's going to help me to recover, dude. One of the best things I did when I got sick was leave all of the. Gr- I started joining groups like long COVID support groups and all this kind of stuff. Right. Mm. The best thing I did was leave them. Right. Mm. Because in my head I was going, I'm going to get better. I've got. Th- I'm. I'm. I'm coming back, baby. I'm going to be back stronger. Like, I'm going to use this time. I'm going to reflect. I have to be on my ass in bed, med- uh, you know, sleeping. Fine. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to spend time reflecting on what's important to me. You know, I introduced a four-day work week to my business that I'll never go back to anything other than this. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, because I'm always at least two days. I'm always minimum two days away from a rest. Something I introduced, mm. and I'll never stop doing that in my business now. But the point is this. When I was going on those groups, all I was reading is, what if this is us forever? What if we're mm. always like this? Reading people six to eight months further away than I am saying, I'm back in hospital with a heart attack. I've got this going on. That's really negative. All I'm now thinking is, oh, my God, is that what I've got to expect? Like, everything's going to keep getting worse? Mm. No. Listen, if you, if you want to get better, if you want to get – and, and, and I'm going to use that term subjectively. If you want to get better financially, if you want to get better in terms of business, if you want to get better in terms of happiness, if you want to get better in terms of health, surround yourselves with six people who are going to give you the vibrations in order to facilitate that. That's the only secret you need. Oh, brother. I'm already three minutes late for my next podcast. Ah, <laughs> you have to come back, brother. Because... I will. I'd love to. I think we'd have yeah, another yeah. great conversation. Yeah, man, because there's so much on what you're saying. I'm going to make sure that we have at least an hour and a half to two hour time span where we could just, because there's so much to what you're saying and so much, you're touching on so many things. Like I haven't heard, I haven't heard people speak, like come on and speak to like what I'm going through in my heart, you know, and things I've been pondering on the way that you have. And, And what I mean by that is like all of this about the friendship and falling ill and this and that, I hadn't had the opportunity to even really voice how I feel about all of this and what occurred until just now I'm on a freaking podcast on air. And, and this is where I meet my opportunity with someone on the same wavelength to say, Hey brother, I'm going through these medical issues. I've lost a a crap ton of weight, but, and honestly say as cold as it, as it may sound, I don't know how many people, a lot of people know me. I don't know how many people would care if I died tomorrow or the day after. You know, outside of the few people I told about it, you know, but I think about how much I give to people, strangers, whoever. It don't matter how much I give because I 
I only want to do is spread love and I want to spread that mission of truth so people see the truth of who they are so they move in a more authentic space. This is why I'm here. But I tell you what, brother, and again, I'm not I'm not terminally ill. Nobody told me I'm terminally ill or anything like that. They just still have to continue to run a test. But I tell you what, brother, if I were to close my eyes tonight, you will have made my life richer via this authentic conversation we had. And for that, I thank you. Oh, thank you. That that means that's pretty moving words, brother. Thank you. And you know what? I, I think I, I think I want to say this, and this is the last thing because I appreciate you got a dart for you at the podcast. I think lots of people can take away from this, but I'm saying this specifically to you, right? You're a giver. You're a healer, and you're a giver. And it's hard to be a healer and a giver because most people go to a healer or a giver when they want to take, not when they want to reciprocate, right? So when you're talking about, you know how many people would care if you weren't here tomorrow, right? Here's what I want to tell you. The people who matter, it would matter a lot too, right? Mm. The people that don't matter in the sense of that they, you know, they wouldn't really care that much that you weren't here anymore, even though you've given to them, that wasn't for them. That was for you because you have a good heart mm. and a good soul. You would not be able to rest easy and go to that big place in the sky if you would have had that loving heart and just held onto it to yourself forever and gone, screw everyone else. They don't want to give to me. I don't want to give to them. There's plenty of those people out there. You and me are not that person. So you giving to people, yes, it's helping them, but it's also helping you to serve your life's mission and your life's purpose. And that ultimately is the only thing that matters. Come on. Yes. Again, people, again, standing ovations, standing ovations for my man, Phil. Phil, look, I'm going to let you close this out, brother. I'm um, I'm going to, uh, please let the people know where you're from, too. But I'm going to give you the, the, the screen for one more time by yourself. But all I want to say to my people before I give you that screen, though, is this has been an amazing episode. Like, I hope y'all have taken notes like I have. I will invite him back on again. And this time, it's not going to be a time limit. I'm not going to back have something right behind this one that I got to run to because I didn't know that this would be such an enjoyable and meaningful, for me, personally meaningful conversation dialogue that I would have with somebody. And I need more of that. I thirst for conversations like these. Brother Phil, you got to close. Thank you so much. Well, look, I really appreciate being here. I appreciate you and I appreciate everyone for taking the time to stick around and listen. You know, there's some some deep stuff we discussed today, but for everybody that needed to hear this, and I believe that that's what the universe does is it puts this in front of people that need to hear it, either when it came out fresh or you might be listening to this two, three, four, five years down the line. The points remain this, right? To attract the things into your life that you want, whether that's money, job, career, love, happiness, friendship, you have to be prepared to let the old stuff go. What we want as humans is for the new stuff to come in so that we can let the old stuff go because that feels better. It's not how the universe works. You need to take a look at your life right now and start to say, am I doing things that serve my best interest? You know, what are the things that I love to do? Am I making sure that I find time to do those things every day, every week? Am I making sure that I'm spending time to elevate the people that I love that also love me and vibrate with me? Start to see who works, start to see who's resonating with you. And don't be afraid to say no to opportunities that don't serve your higher purpose. I wanted to put your contact info down here. Please, y'all, check out the contact info for those of y'all who are listening to this via audio because it's now been turned into a podcast. The website, I'll read www.billionairesinboxers.com. www.billionairesinboxers.com. All right, brother. Look, mad love and respect to you, you and, and your family, man. I appreciate the friends, the connections that you meet out there in Miami. Thank you, Miami. Where are you from again? 
Just outside Liverpool in the UK. Liverpool, UK, out here in the UK. I was gonna say, I'm wishing you a speedy recovery as well, man. I hope, uh, I hope they get the get to the bottom of what's going on and they help you uh, make a speedy recovery because you got a you got a lot more people to light up and you got a lot more to a mission yet left. So many more years, brother. Many more. Thank years. you. I received that, and I'll say, the placebo is inside of me, so I'm already healing. 100, man. I'm confident. 100%. But again, not my will, but Thy will be done. I accept it all. Radical acceptance. I appreciate life. You know, if my if my time to transition is tomorrow, I know that my purpose was well served, and I will be happy having had this conversation with you, sir. Likewise. All right, y'all. We are out of here. I'm gonna talk to you soon, Phil. All right. Sounds good. Speak to you soon. Do you tell your time what to do, or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living, or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting, or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion, and confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeano u-t-l-i-e-r becomingoutlier.com slash about a-b-o-u-t to start your journey stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself harry turner